This is the Talking Property Podcast, brought to you by Rewed.com, the home of WA Real Estate. Thank you for listening to Talking Property, the show in which we discuss all aspects of real estate. Now, here is your host, Harvey Deegan, together with our expert commentators, Rob Druitt and Rod Bryan. Welcome to the Talking Property Podcast. My name is Steve Collins. I'm filling in for Harvey Deegan, who is not with us today for some strange reason. But we do have our normal crew with us. We've got from First National Jordan Shed, we have Rob Jewett. Rob, hello. Great to be here as always. Well, this is another exciting podcast that we're doing. Oh, absolutely. Another exciting week in real estate, Steve. It's always exciting <laughs> when I talk to you guys. And the other guy, of course, is from Defratus and Ryan. It's Rod Ryan. Hi, Rod. How are you going? Yeah, going well, Steve. Going well. The market continues to move in an upward direction. It certainly and, does. Uh, it's, it's doing well. And my Camry is starting to really feel threatened at the moment, I can tell you. So, um <laughs> You know, so um, you're, you're, putting in, you're always putting in... Might get a s- new set of tyres, mate. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's right. gets a set of tyres yeah. every, every second week. No, no, no it, it works. the market's um, in good shape and us real estate agents for probably about five years, Rob, of, as Hayden Groves would, would say, is we, we've had a very long bottom. We're sort of starting to feel a little bit relieved with the way that the market's going. It seems to be holding up and holding up well. Well, I know that Rob, because I've been watching him in action, you're busier than a one-armed bricklayer after a Beirut bomb blast, aren't you? <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Yeah, there's plenty of work out there, which is great. Things are happening. But it's really interesting when a market starts to move like this. It's so different from what we've experienced the last five years because people are able to sell their property, whether it be the little unit or townhouse, which means they can then buy something, which means those people have sold, which means they can upgrade, move on in their lives. So the market was very stagnant. A lot of people were holding back, obviously, with soft prices. And now that, not that prices have run away, but they've improved enough for people to feel confident to do something and that they can sell the house. That's right. We had what was called enforced landlords, people that had to rent properties out because they couldn't sell them. And now all of a sudden, thank God, they're putting their hand up and saying, let's have a go. And we're saying, that's terrific because we've got no stock. So yes, it's plenty of buyers and and limited stock. Well, that's interesting because at the moment, certainly within Perth, and I also know in Sydney, there's a lot of development going on. And I don't, and I'm not talking about real estate development. I mean, there's a lot of infrastructure going on. We've mm. got MetroNet here, where we're building new railways up north and building them for joining the, the line from Thornley to Coburn, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And there's new lines going out past the airport, etc. What does that do for real estate? Now, I, I should imagine it increases the values of any place that's anywhere near a station. But does that mean that new land is released for development to sort of stand by those new railway lines or highways or whatever? Very much so. And part of the government's plan, uh, part of its business model in being able to actually build the infrastructure is utilising government land, upscaling it to enable higher density development, which makes sense in areas close to train lines, uh, transport hubs and uh, shopping hubs and so on. Then 
by doing that, getting a higher return on, on the land, then being able to use that money to obviously help with the infrastructure spend. And it also, in a planning respect, makes a lot of sense because, you know, if you're going to have high density living, you want a lot of facilities and amenities nearby, which is your, your shopping and your transport and so on. So, look, any great city has a train line to its airport. That is yeah. my measure. Yes. Uh, you know, you get into a city and you get straight out of the plane, you can walk down and there's a train station, you can go wherever you want. That is a measure of a well-planned city and it was something that Perth was really needing and I think it's uh, certainly going to transform our city and make life a lot easier. Just one thing, Steve, on television last night there was Kalgoorlie Boulder advertising that they need 10,000 people there. Now, if you want to know where to buy real estate, you buy it in what's called where the hotspots are. Where do you get hotspots from? Hotspots is all about population. So if all of a sudden you've got 10,000 people going to Kalgoorlie, prices of property in Kalgoorlie are going to go up and go up considerably. And so there's plenty of employment there. They boast that they're the you know highest average salaries in the country, which they are. I'm a bit nervous to go to Kalgoorlie because last time I went there, went there, I bought some seriously gold earrings from my wife and... Uh, cost me a fortune but anyway that's another story you know that's to me just a simple example Kalgoorlie becoming a hotspot and therefore the prices increase back into Perth what Rob said is 100% then you know there's just more population again you look at the rentals today 60 people turned up for a rental property 60 people that is just really bad we've got a problem in Perth yeah and in what's going to happen in January when it's really busy for rentals there won't be 60 people turning up there'll be 60 plus a lot more people so we want the population that's going to improve the property, but we need investors and we need them real quick. But it's interesting you talk about Kalgoorlie because keep listening to our podcast, Talking Property Podcast, because we've got Daniel Lavery from John Matthews and Son from Kalgoorlie talking to us soon on a program, and it'll be very interesting to hear his opinion on that. I know that there's a lot of job prospects out in uh, Kalgoorlie. They can't fill fill the... uh, 10,000. Amazing, isn't it? So that could very well be one of the new hotspots in Perth. Well, of course, there's a lot more mining going out there, not necessarily in Kalgoorlie itself, but within an easy commute from Kalgoorlie, some of those new mines out there. uh, There's lots happening. So it will become a boom A lot of infrastructure in Kalgoorlie too. I mean, it's a nice... I think it'd be a fine place to live. You know, there's there's a lot worse places I could think, mining places in Perth, in Western Australia, I should say, than Kalgoorlie. Well, Kalgoorlie Boulder is really a twin town. Yes. Many people don't realise a built Boulder exists. But I have to say that, I forget the name of it, but the main shopping street in Boulder is one of the prettiest shopping streets in the whole of Western Australia because they've done it up. They've lined the streets with trees and they've done up a lot of those heritage buildings so it's a very attractive place to go. I went there and I had a a morning coffee or breakfast or something and the cafe that I went to in Boulder, it was possibly the cleanest cafe I've ever been into. So there's actually a lot going on up there and and it's a good lifestyle up there as well. Absolutely. I was going to say that it's almost exactly 40 years since I arrived in Perth. Now I live in the southern suburbs and when I arrived in Perth we gave for a drive to say to Fremantle there was nothing out of Canning Vale it was all paddocks and now Canning Vale is several consists of several really high density suburbs 
And I assume that is going to happen in uh, other places as you head sort of northeast, etc., along the new railway lines. That's what will happen, well, isn't it? You, you go down to Wellard, and I mean, yep. there's houses and houses and houses and houses. I mean, there, there's been so much go on. But they're well developed because they put in shopping centres. Yep. Friends of mine bought in Byford a couple of years ago. Yep. There was nothing there then, but now there's these magnificent shopping centres. Yes. There's schools. There's public facilities. It's it's not a bad place to live. And I suppose that's the benefit of all this planning that governments are doing, is it? Very much so. And the master planning of Perth, you know, it started with the Stevenson plan, which resulted effectively in cutting Perth in half and, and was very motor vehicle eccentric. We're moving away from that and realising that, you know, public transport is an, a very important aspect to any city and its growth. So, I mean, look at Vancouver as a yeah. great example. They haven't built a freeway in Vancouver for 40 years. They were going to build one through the middle of the city and there were an enormous amount of protests. They've worked away around it to deal with congestion and so on and yet the city's still growing. Well, you see, the United States is a perfect example of a place that has not built enough public transport. And in fact, I was reading... Do you think that in Los Angeles? They, had, yeah, well, they, got, they got rid of all the... Just the make the freeway cars. wider, another 10 <laughs> lanes. Exactly right. Now, the interesting thing about Los Angeles was they had all these cable cars there. It was quite a good network, and they were bought by a couple of the motor companies. I think Ford was one of them. And the idea was that they were going to get rid of the, the trams, as we would call them, and replace them with buses. But, of course, what they did was they wasn't really replacing them with buses. It was getting people to buy cars. Uh, but you were mentioned Toronto, and I was reading something just yesterday... They had a map of seven major US cities and they had a map of Toronto just to show how badly they do public transport in the US compared to Toronto. The matrix they used was that you had to have at least one bus every half an hour that was available seven days a week and very, very few cities in the US, I mean there are some, San Francisco's got really good public transport, for instance Denver, Colorado's got pretty good Seattle. transport, Seattle, etc. But most cities over there don't no. and I think that's where we're lucky in Perth because I think the planning here in Perth is fantastic. The only thing that I reckon they can improve. I reckon we could have a better ferry service in Perth. I reckon we, we don't utilise the river, the river, the, the river enough. enough. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and certainly in that access down through to Fremantle yes. because obviously that's a congestion point for, for traffic. That's right. Well, we've got that and we've got a lot more on the Talking Property today. Coming up, we've got Mark Passmore from Passmore Real Estate in Dianella. And then later on the show in... Agent's Corner, we have Jay Stanley from Bar and Stanley in Bunbury, and I have to tell you, Bunbury is a delightful place, isn't it? It's a it's WA's second largest city, and it is really nice. So if you have a question about any aspect of real estate, just go to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash talking property podcast and send us a question via Messenger, or go to our website at www talkingproperty.net.au and right there in the top right hand side of the page click ask ask a question and fill in the simple form please include your phone number so that we can talk to you on the show about your query it's that easy we love sharing our knowledge of real estate with you ask us a question we'll be glad to help and we'll be back with more talking property shortly It 
doesn't matter where you live in Western Australia, Rewa can help you search for your ideal home. Rewa is Western Australia and it knows our state well. With access to information and Rewa agents right throughout WA, Rewa gives you peace of mind when deciding about where your next house will be and how to source the best information by being put in contact with Rewa agents who know their districts very well. People like to shop and buy local. With Rewa, you can also search local. Go to rewa.com when seeking any information at all about property in your chosen area or use rewa.com to research the ideal location for you. Rewa knows Perth and all WA cities and towns very well. For all your property needs, visit rewa.com, the home of WA real estate. Welcome back to Talking Property and our special guest this time is Mark Passmore from Passmore Real Estate in Dianella. Mark, welcome to the program. Thank you, Steve. Looking forward to working with you. Thank you very much. You're one of the very, very few people that have ever said that to me. <laughs> <laughs> now, you are based in Dianella. Dianella, it's not all that far from the city. It's a very, very stable suburb. It's been around for a very long time. And it's Really, the sort of place, I mean, it's it's not too far from the centre of the city. It's not too close to the centre of the city. So what's it like in Dianella? As you know, at this particular time, the real estate industry is having some good times. I think it's pretty fair to say that. Have you noticed many changes in Dianella? Yep, certainly have. It's since July 4th, I think, that was when the announcements of all the government grants and extra help has come through. We definitely noticed change. It's probably monthly and now coming down a weekly things are improving as every day like on the weekend we had a home on the market that was been there for about six months took it to auction with a famous auctioneer and mr rob drewitt and then, oh, i thought you said famous i, I think thought you said famous. infamous it, it, i wasn't sure so and that home was sitting there for a long while and then what it did was you could see 35 or 40 people had turned up and then at the auction it was a live auction to three or three live bidders and then afterwards it sold and it's probably you could see marginally higher than what it was on the market for for quite a while it was just a very active auction how long have you been operating around that area for since 1988 okay and of course you would have noticed quite a few changes uh, certainly in perth and, and the spread of perth etc with dianella there've been more sort of units there they've been built or has it remained sort of the, the sort of the one home sort of blocks there well i think department of planning and infrastructure have said that we, the shire has to create a multiple story multiple dwelling and they're approving back of the plaza at the moment there's a big development on there with huge multiple story which is the first one in the area like that for a long while and i think they've actually now in the process of rezoning the main roads like alexander wanneroo in the city of sterling a lot of those streets are becoming six and five story redevelopment all to do with infill and i think they're forcing the the shires to do this they're saying you need to do it because perth is a very very spread out city so i guess they have to do something just to make sure that growth in the outer regions is sort of contained i guess i think the idea is a good idea i'm not sure about that multiple story down those streets and what the neighbours will feel for that but it's a diverse area diverse from you know down to two hundred thousand dollar apartments up to two million dollar homes now you said that you had a very well known auctioneer after a house for you on the weekend rob drewitt uh, welcome thank you yes we how had fun you, how, as we always fun? do yes. I'm, I'm very lucky to do mark's auctions passmore real estate are very prevalent through dianella morley the whole area through there naranda we've done hundreds really haven't we over the years 
and it's been a lot of fun. More fun now, can I say, than it has been in the last <laughs> three or four years. We're getting a lot more people to the auctions. There's bidders. Like the one on the weekend, we had quite a few bids. It was a little bit like extracting teeth, but we got there in the end, and we ended up passing it in for 720 But it generated the interest so that you were able to write an offer straight afterwards and end up selling it for 745 was it? 745 yeah. So it worked. So the process works, and that's what I was hoping we'd talk a bit more about on the show today, about yes. why would you auction? That's a very good question because I come from New South Wales and over there auctioning is basically how they mostly sell houses. But over here it seems to me that the popularity of auctions is a reasonably recent thing. Would you agree with that or disagree? Look, I think the the issue is it's probably here versus there. With with Melbourne and Sydney they have a cooling off period so the agents are forced to probably take a lot of the homes to an auction because it's a cash unconditional sale. Generally it's an issue because people put offers in, in the private treaty and they withdraw or they example the Gazunda, which is changing the deal after the deal's done. So they tend to auction a lot over there. But what I've done is over the period of time back with Don Hutchinson in the earlier days. Yes, uh, good old Don. Dearly departed, lovely bloke. Yes. Uh, he taught me a lot originally and then come through the process and realised that generally what you do with a housing price, you have a price and it either is a range over expressions of interest and you tend to negotiate down. So with an auction, if you do it properly, you tend to negotiate up. And the good thing there is a seller's expectation versus a buyer's expectation. It brings the two together in a very quick time. So all parties get together and then they look at the table and say, that's what you're getting. This is cash unconditional. And in this market, where it is definitely a market that would enhance auctions, when you know what is a house really worth, one month ago it was worth 700000 All of a sudden it's a house around it's selling for seven fifty eight hundred. So are you doing the right thing by just putting a price on it and letting it's selling the first week and not seeing what the market will actually pay in a competitive environment. So Rob is one of the best auctioneers that we've employed over all the years and we're mates become very mates and look I rely on him a lot mm. with his expertise and his... Well, we've got another very good auctioneer, in fact a Melbourne auctioneer <laughs> Yes, he, he cut his teeth in Melbourne, Mr Rod Yeah, Ryan. well just my thoughts on it are that when you mentioned about the cooling off period, I was an agent in Melbourne for 30 years and the cooling off period only came in about the last five years that I was in Melbourne, there was a certain percentage that a purchaser had to pay. And we hardly ever, ever, ever had a cool anybody cool off. So much so that when someone did cool off, we had to go back to have a look, have a look at the books to see what the figures were. It's really not right that the cooling off period is what make people go to an auction. The thing is, is that in Melbourne, if you auction a property, that's the accepted way to do it. If you don't auction a property in Melbourne, it's, oh, what's the matter? Why aren't you auctioning it? It's become that, hasn't that, it? That, that, that's become the, the accepted that's the, way. That's the perception. But, but it's mostly I, inner city though, isn't it? In no, outer no, it's suburbs not. No, 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 no. In Melbourne? No, no, outer suburbs is fine. And so... But uh, inner city, you would be excuse me. Know, very high percentage. In fact, almost oh, yeah, everything, everything would be auctioned. But when I came here to... 20 years ago I used to do three or four auctions every Saturday and then when I came here from Melbourne I just realised pretty quickly that it was like a, a bit of an anti thing to do so Miguel my business partner and I we just picked the eyes out of it and we, we did like commercial auctions or or ones that really needed to be sold and we, we had great success and still do today just to me and look I'll probably upset a few people here I'm a bit of a purist when it comes to an auction and 
what happens is that I see these advertising where you can have an auction, but you, it can be subject to finance and all this sort of business. And I just shake my head and God, man, what are you doing? It shouldn't happen. And look, we've had people in here on the podcast that have said that we've got a property in Cot- as Cottesloe, for example. We've just sold it for $6 million and we had five disappointed buyers. And I'm saying to myself, well, you know, hold on a minute. Well, why, why wouldn't we auction it? Rob Druitt has said to me, I just put a property on the market and I've sold it for $2.4 million and I've had X amount of people want to buy it and now I'm kicking myself because I really, really should have auctioned it. Sorry about that. I hope your vendor's not tuned in. (laughs) But the situation is every property in this market, and I know we're not allowed to say the word boom, but every property in this market pretty much should be being auctioned. And wouldn't matter whether it was close into town or out of town or whatever, because just like the rental properties, we had today 60 people, 60 people turn up for rental property. Mm. We should have auctioned it, you know? (laughs) But seriously, every property, and I'm so thrilled to talk to Mark in regard to that. Mark really pioneers it through the Dianella area. Yeah. There's nobody else who comes close to you in the number of auctions that you do. I just felt there's several reasons. Number one is the seller get benefits, and there's number two is the buyer's benefit because they get to an answer very quickly as well mm. where the seller's at. Mm. And then I think if you just look at the whole picture, but the issue is probably here. You find that a lot of agents are just not skilled in how to mm. present an auction. So what the problem is, you've seen a lot of poor auctions yes. where there have been poor marketing, under finance, there's not enough marketing contribution, or the agents just don't know what they're doing. No, they, that, that's, that, and that's the truth. So they fail, and then they, what they do is they then go to vendors and say, don't do an auction because this is what's going to go wrong. Yeah. And then also a lot of people witness an auction, they see that auction day. There's three phases that we know of auction. There's a pre-auction, the auction, and the post-auction. Yeah. So, you know, it's all part of a strategy to bring the whole thing to a closure and at, best, at the best possible Just explain price. a little bit more. Oh, well, pre-auction, you know, is a period which I find is quite exciting. We just had a block that went to auction in Morley, for example, and that what I find in the last week or the first week or the, th- the week before auction is when most of the real buyers show their hand and say, look, we want this. We don't want to miss out on it. So we had a buyer from England put an offer on a property in Morley and look, I was saying to the seller, look, it's just that market. You've just got to get the guy that's done the development. You've just got to do it. Anyway, it's come in, uh, in the mid fours where probably properties around it sell in the fours or maybe 350s to 400, is a prime block in a beautiful position. And I thought, this is worth that. And then that's what's happened. And the, just before the auction, and it happens probably 70 or 80% of the times I find the buyer will ring you and say to you, we want to do something now. Yeah. And then you can either take it to auction or you can look at the number and say, that's a good number. It's unconditional. Let's move. Mark, for somebody <coughs> that's perhaps interested in buying one of your properties that's going to auction but they've never been to an auction before. Yep, yep. What would your advice because be? Because I imagine it would be quite daunting for someone who has never experienced that auction process. Can, can I just cut in there for a second? Sorry about this. Yes, right. I think one of the things that, that people probably don't realise is that when you go to Melbourne to buy a property, it's not a nice experience. And the reason it's not a nice experience is because every agent leans back 
and just rolls the dice to do with an auction. And so let's just say, for example, Mark and his family moved to Melbourne and they want to buy a property and they want to buy a property in the equivalent suburb of Dianella, for example, right? Well, what happened? Dianella. I do apologise. So what, so what happens is... So, so what happens is that they have to go to a number of auctions to be able to see what's going on and get the feel of the market, et cetera, et cetera. To buy a home in Perth is too easy. And what I mean by that is the fact that you can go along and say, oh, here's one for $6.99 and here's another one from $6.80 to $7.20 and you can buy it today. You can't buy a house today in Melbourne. You have to go through that process. So in Western Australia, it's all about the buyer in Victoria, it's all about the seller. And that is something that, to me, can change and should change. I agree. I think the thing is that I think there's poorly skilled negotiators in our industry. I hate to say it. And they've been trained and they've been trained, but they've been trained at doing the same thing. And so they're just not good at it. And so what happens is they either upset or get in the way of. And when you were saying, Steve, about what it's like being a buyer, they ask all the time people come to an auction and say, you know, what do we do? And I say, well, it's simple really what's going to happen is you're going to come along you have an expectation of what you want to spend a budget we give them a realistic undertaking of what the owners are looking for in a range or very close to it they're talking to us and we say look they say what do you think is around 800 I said look it's somewhere around nine starting at nine in the mil- around a million we get straight down to the truth of where it's going to be but the issue it comes down to is the good thing for you as a buyer is you're going to come along you're going to see what the market's going to pay you, be able to witness it yourself, see other people in an in a, in a open environment, you can see what they're willing to pay for the home, and then you can feel confident that this is probably close to the market or where the market's going to be. That's in a cash unconditional form. There are always other people that need to sell houses, but this just gets to the table, you see what's going on. So you're going to really see firsthand what a home is worth in the marketplace and learn yourself by watching this. Now, you have professional auctioneers, such as Rob. Should there be professional bidders, do you think, who bid on behalf of their clients? For people who were not get the bidders would be not emotionally involved in the sale. There, there are. I think there are buyer, buyer advocates or buyer agents or you can, you can employ. Look, the issue is probably, you know, you get a bit of guidance, obviously, by the guy that's working there or the people that are working at the auction, but they are working for the seller. So, you know, people do ask me, they said, would you help me? And I said, certainly. You know, you've got to be careful because, you know, we're working on a conflictual position. But I think you're right. You could have, and people do employ people to help them through the process. It is pretty simple, but it's like you have a figure in your mind of what you're willing to pay for the home and you come along and the auctioneer will call the bids like Rob or uh, obviously both auctioneers. leave your hand up until you buy yeah, it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's as easy as that. Well, one, one auction, the auctioneer started so low. He said, did we have $100,000? 400 hands went up. He went 100, 110, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 200, 350, 400,000. And they kept on going. Well, um, man, if you've got <laughs> she knows during this process oh. is it not to sold. <laughs> no, no, as an auctioneer don't we Rod we, we do know the difference between a real yes. bid and just a scratch but, of the nose but just a quick story yeah. I, I auctioned a property in uh, in South Lake going back about four or five years ago the car bodies didn't go with the house uh, so I think if you get where I'm coming from we sold the property for about $30,000 more than the reserve price but what was interesting was that right at the start of the auction when I uh, read the contract and just getting ready to call the bidding a buyer 
Australia's agent who, you know, I'm six foot two and weigh about 120 kilos. And this fella, you know, he, he had me well covered, I can tell you. And he just marched forward and he stood right next to me. And like, so as I was calling the bids and so on, and I mean, the fella was just a goose, you know, but I mean, at the same time, he was he was acting for his, for his buyer and he was trying to see where the bids were. So what we did was that each time I took a bid, I said, did you see that one? And, and then did you see the next one? And so on. But that was silly. But there is a, a number of buyers, you know, advocates out there. And if you watch that show, the program, The Block, you'll see that there's some well-known people each time. They're the ones that actually do the bidding on behalf of the, the clients. I think so, they're well-known in their own minds if they're on The Block. Yes. Mark, it's been wonderful talking to you, especially oh, I've learned a, a lot about auctions because I've never actually attended an auction, <laughs> especially a real estate Yeah, you get your hand up now. Just like oh, that's as easy as it was. What did I buy? What did I buy? Sold. Sold. <laughs> but Mark Passmore from Passmore Real Estate in Dianella and sometimes Dianella, thank you very much for joining <laughs> us on the Talking Property Podcast. Thank you, Steve. It's been a pleasure. Fantastic. Thank you. Fantastic. Find your next home in WA the easy way with the Rewa.com app. Keep the WA property market in the palm of your hand. Download the Rewa.com app today from the App Store or Google Play. With the Rewa.com app, you can find your next home with all the latest properties right at your fingertips. Download the Rewa.com app today. The latest properties in WA are there, right at your fingertips. So find the local agent, the right local agent for you by using the Rewire.com app to search and compare real estate agents in WA. We here at Talking Property are very, very proud that Rewire.com are our major supporters. Well, on Talking Property, we're going to go down south. We're going to go down to Western Australia's second largest city. And I have to say, it is a gorgeous part of the world. We're speaking to Jay Stanley from Bar and Stanley in Bunbury. Welcome to Talking Property, Jay. You know, you're very fortunate to live down in that region, aren't you? I certainly am. Yeah, I love it down here. How long have you been down that way, Jay? Have you been there for a very long time? Yeah, I'm 42, so I've been here for 42 years. I'm a third-generation <laughs> Bunburyite. A Bunburyite, okay. And tell us about Barr and Stanley. I know that off-air you were referencing your father. So this has been a very long and well-established business, has it, Barr and Stanley in Bunbury? Yeah, we were established in 1970. So we're the longest serving agency in Bunbury. We're 50 years this year. It was started by my father and the late Jim Barr. My father and Jim started it when dad, dad was conscripted to the war, the Vietnam War, and he returned in 1970 and they got up and running there and they had a 30-odd year business partnership together on a handshake and they both did really well. And then, as I was saying before, Jim passed away. He retired and they settled their business affairs and then he 
sadly passed away about a week later. Bunbury has really changed over that time, hasn't it? I mean, it's, it's always been a, a fairly a major port. There was a time when anyone had to go right through Bunbury to get down to, say, Bustleton or Dunsborough or Margaret River and all that. But now there is a bypass around the town. But there seems to have been a lot of other development around Bunbury. So what is real estate like in the town now? Well, Bunbury's an interesting area to sell properties because you have a really diverse range. You probably wouldn't believe me if I told you we I could sell you two-by-one units in Bunbury for 50000 And then you have a high-end that goes up to, you know, a smidge over a million dollars. That's what our high-end is. But probably 80% of our or my transactions are around the $300,000 mark. So it's very much a blue-collar area. You're dealing with blue-collar people. I would be lucky to sell one or two million-dollar properties a year. They're very, very few of those that turn over. As a long-standing business down there, do you do much rural work as well? Yeah, we dabble in it. We don't specialise in it. We just simply dabble in it. I'll gladly list any rural property that I get my hands on and they sell really well, but primarily just stock standard residential property. And Jay, the market in Bunbury has picked up. It's been a while, hasn't it, in the wilderness, shall we say, where Bunbury prices had compressed a bit and hadn't moved for a long time, but there's a lot of activity at the moment. You guys have been doing a whole lot of records. Yeah, that's dead right. So we've been... I would say Bunbury's been a bit of a basket case for about 12 years. (laughs) That's another way to put it. Short short of a bloodbath for 12 years. Mm. And even up until late last year, it was really, really hard going. It was very normal to be selling a property anywhere between what you paid for it to 30, 35% below what you paid for it to put things in context. But fortunately... The world caught the flu, and for some strange reason, everyone's out there buying, buying caravan boats and yeah. amazingly houses. We've just seen an incredible resurgence. Like, to give you an idea, a typical home open in Bunbury will have zero to two people through. We're now getting, and probably more zero than two, but since this corona period, we're getting up to 20 people. I'm like looking out thinking, what the hell are all these people doing here? Where have um, they come now from? it's very much, very much becoming normal. And I guess think, to put things in context, we as an office, if we sell 40 properties in a month, that is a very good month for us. We're having months, emphasis on F, months, where we're in the 80s. Double. Gee whiz, that's fantastic. So it is just absolutely remarkable. Prices moving, Jay, as a result, or is it just starting, you're starting to see that now? We're just starting to get that now. We're just starting to see properties appreciate, which is so overdue. As I said, it's been 12 years we've been in the wilderness. It's been a bad investment, truthfully, Bunbury real estate over the last decade or so, but now it seems to be turning the corner. Jay, I have a property at Beverly, a rural property, and therefore I get to see the regional television, and I must congratulate you on your advertising on on the television the properties that you promote and i I love the the slogan as well you know are you with bar and stanley did think about pinching it at one stage but i wouldn't do that (laughs) i I, I must say i think your agency you you should be very proud of what you've achieved there because you seem to me to be head and shoulders you know above some of your competitors tremendous effort well thank you well i can't take any credit for any of that i've had nothing to do with it that's probably why it's been quite okay (laughs) jay have you noticed a change 
and the sort of people that are buying houses down there now? I mean, for instance, were you affected by, say, the popularity of Bustleton and Dunsbury in previous years? And do you find that more people sort of are willing to base themselves in Bunbury now? No, not really. I mean, people say to me, like, what's going on? Where are all these people? I mean, we've got the borders shut, so they're not being bought from interstate buyers. And Bunbury is sort of the ugly sister when it comes to tourism. Everyone bypasses us. I mean, they're putting in the bypass road. You know, that's what, what, what they think of Bunbury. You know, it's just go around it. And everyone goes down south and Margaret River and all those spots and just overlooks Bunbury. Now, okay, that's just sort of how it's evolved. But when you sit there and analyse what is going on and who are all these people that are now buying, and my take on it, I'm probably wrong, but this is my take on it. I think what's happened in this corona period, which has really rejuvenated the market down here, is you've got the financial benefits of corona have absolutely, there's a river of money being poured into the economy. And... We don't have the actual effects of corona. Then they've locked the borders and people are not jumping on planes left, right and centre and spending 10 grand in Bali, Singapore and Thailand. So it's all being spent locally. As I said, just a, a raft of money going through the economy and there's no business owner that I'm speaking to that says, oh, geez, we're struggling. They're all doing really well. Bunbury's never been a tourism place, so a lack of tourists has never affected us because our market is just locals. And it's really trying to like trying to explain the, the toilet paper saga. I don't know why everyone bought it. They just did. And it's the same with housing down here. It's just being sold left, right and centre. But I'm still sitting there scratching my head going, why, where, how? It's illogical, but it's happening. Just on that, with our company, we've, we've got an office in Southlake. My wife is a receptionist in the office, and she said to me that she couldn't get over the number of that were coming in and leasing properties off us, and she said a lot of them can't speak English. And I said to her, well, I think these naughty little politicians aren't telling us the truth. There seems to me to be a hell of a lot of people coming to Western Australia. They don't advertise it. That's just me. It's been going on for quite some time. I really believe that you know, like, you know, we've got people from all different countries and so on coming in here. I know Rob's looking at me rather funny at the moment, but you know, <laughs> I, I don't think know you're whether probably right. I don't know. The, the, but also, I think it's that people maybe J two value now after COVID nineteen, and certainly those people in Melbourne have been locked down for months. Value their home more than ever. And particularly if they've got somewhere larger than just a little balcony, uh, you know, to, to be able to be in, in quarantine. So they value their homes more. And also Bunbury's been in the wilderness for so long, there's got to be pent-up demand. And people have just been waiting for something which gives them some confidence to say, well, actually, the market's starting to move. And because the prices are fairly low... And they're very low, coming from exceptionally low base. You, you go and get that extra money coming in from the government. And, and interest and, rates, lowest you know, like in, you, you in buy living ha- memory. You buy a house in Scarborough for a million dollars, $20,000 sort of doesn't really go that far. But, you know, if you're going to buy a property in Bunbury for $200,000... 10%. You know, like, yeah, it's... Yeah. So, and interest rates would play part of it too, I think, Jay, wouldn't it? Because, you know, you oh, can get 1.9% for three years fixed. I mean, it's cheap money. Mm. So... Lots happening. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, let's talk yeah, about the rent. rental market, Jay. How is it as tight in Bunbury as it is up here in Perth? Well, I wouldn't be as tight as it is in Perth because of the population difference, but it's, as, it's red hot. You've got a large rent roll, haven't you? 
We do, yep. And what what sort of vacancy would you have at the moment, do you think? Well, you know, for all intensive purposes, none. You know, there's a yeah. property coming up and you just fill it instantly and it's just never been better. You don't have 60 people at your home open, rental home opens like Rod's had, but you've nah. probably still got lots. And that's on a Monday too, by the way. That's just a I joke. think the best that I heard was they had something like 17 at one of them in Dalyalup, which is, which is obscene. You know, once again, still a it's lot. normally one or two, and now you're getting, you know, almost 10 times the amount. Well, investors have been out of the market, haven't they, in Bunbury, same as they have been right through Western Australia. Jay, the other thing too is the commercial side of it. I was involved in some land down there. My business partner does the commercial side of things and we had some, I couldn't even tell you where it is, but uh, down in Bunbury there, there was an estate that's going back probably 12 years ago now and it seemed to sell quite well. It was a bit out of the town. Is there much activity in the commercial side of it or you don't get involved in that side of the business? I I dabble in commercial, much like rural. If you drive through the main street of Bunbury, it's a really interesting sector, the commercial game in Bunbury. One guy's ripped it apart and dominated it, Mr Prosser, and the, the actual main street of town is really just a bunch of old Italian owners that have never invested any money and they're these dinky little shops that are really good good for nothing. So <laughs> Jeff Jeff Prosser, he's gone and, and there's there's just vacancies everywhere through the C B D. And then so he's gone and built the big buildings that the commercial boys want. And he's built them out. So he's sort of pulled the C B D out into his area and then he's just done this incredibly successful shopping centre out in Ethan that is so well done that everyone sort of migrates out there because it's just so well done. You know, he's very shrewd and an extremely good operator and can't say anything other than well done. And Bunbury, the Bunbury City Council made it so difficult for him to put any of his ideas into practice that he just said, all right, well, up yours, I'm going to go and do my thing elsewhere. And he, and he did and... There's a lesson in that, isn't there? This is sounding very much like Fremantle, but keep going. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so he's just totally built his own little sort of epicentre outside of the CBD, and now the CBD is just a bunch of boring offices that come five o'clock, you can shoot a gun down the, the main street and not hit anyone. Well, hopefully that'll change over time. Look, Jay, great talking to you, but before we go, we must congratulate you on your numerous REWA awards. I think you recently got the award for the top team by listing sold last year, yeah. and also I know that you've had a lot of office awards as well. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Rob. Appreciate it. <laughs> very modest. That's very good on you. <laughs> well, I've won that award, I'll have you know, 11 times. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. A consistent performer. I mean, amazing the number of properties you've sold through through Bunbury. And that, that doesn't just come by chance. It well, comes from being very professional. I was going to say from Jay's first week, she thought it hasn't gone to his head, but now he says, oh, I've got that 11 times. Yes, it has. And congratulations. <laughs> and, and so it should. Jay, so it should. That's wonderful. <laughs> Jay Stanley from Bar and Stanley in Bunbury, thank you very much for joining Rod, Rob and I on Talking Property. It's been fantastic to find out about the market down there. And may Bunbury keep ruling. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Jay. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, man. That's wonderful. See you, man.
Well, Rob Druitt and Rod Ryan, it's been another fascinating show today. We've had some good conversations. I've really enjoyed them. First of all, there was Mark Passmore from Passmore Real Estate in Dianella. And I thought he really explained the auctions and the way you go about auctions i thought he explained it really well i've never been to an auction but i might turn up one day to see how you perform rob you'd be uh, you'd be a very good heckler actually at an auction i think yeah, do you have I hecklers think, at auctions uh, occasionally occasionally all oh, right yeah give you a bit of a hard time i quite like it actually because it provides a bit of spice That's to right. the auction it does you know. well, well, as a top-rating comedian, you don't, I, really. I could probably uh, write some good <laughs> you comeback could, lines. Some good, you could, you. exactly. That's right. No, yeah. truthfully, we don't have many hecklers at all. Most people are very respectful and they're there to buy the property. But you're right, Mark uh, Passmore is a superstar in the Dianella area and uh, certainly someone, uh, a go-to person in that area and uh, certainly knows his auctions and has had great success. Yeah, we're very been, interesting to listen to. Keen to have him back on again with a number of other topics to talk on as well. He's obviously a real pro, so, yeah, we've done well yeah, having he, him. He was very impressive mm-hmm. uh, when, when you spoke to him he's he's obviously knows his subjects really really well as did Jay Stanley Another from Bar and Stanley in Bunbury. And, you know, when he was talking about what it's been like for the last 12 years or so, yeah. prices, yeah. Thought, why wouldn't people, before coronavirus, of course, mm. from Sydney or Melbourne go to Bunbury? It's much better to live in Bunbury than it is in Sydney and Melbourne, I reckon. Yeah, well, $50,000 yeah. for yeah. a two-by-one yeah. villa, yes. that's not even your deposit no. in Sydney. <laughs> Well, I think the average price in Sydney, and this is for all of Sydney, including Greater Sydney, is about four hundred and forty thousand dollars. And then when you get to the northern suburbs and the and the eastern suburb, I mean, it, it, it escalates by over a million four or five. Yeah, uh, so it's just amazing. But Bunbury is a, a really, really lovely place. When I first came here, my only relatives that were over here lived in Bunbury, so we used to go there quite often and stay with them. And I just fell in love with the place. It's a, it's it's a good just place, good climate, good facilities. Central Lovely location for the South West. Yeah. There's obviously people that want to be there as well because he mentioned that they're selling in the vicinity, this is just his yes. office, in the vicinity of 80 properties a month. Yeah. So if you sort of multiply that out, if you can keep that up, you know, that's... A, well, they are superstars. They, you know, they nine, a 900, 900 sales, do you know, in, well. a, in a yeah, year. Really well. So there's obviously, you know, 900 buyers coming through their office, which is pretty serious stuff. So, Rob and Rod, thank you very much again for the day. Been another very interesting program today. And if any listeners out there have a question about any aspect of real estate whatsoever, just go to our page at facebook.com forward slash talking property podcast and send us a question via messenger. We really do like to answer your queries. Or you can go to our website at www.talkingproperty.net.au and right there in the top right-hand side of the page, click Ask Us a Question. Yes, you can. And fill in the simple form. Please include your phone number so that we can talk to you on the show because we want you to know what our answer is. It's that easy. We love sharing our knowledge of real estate with you. So ask us a question and we'll be only too pleased to help. Rob and Rod, thank you very much. Another time. Next week, I believe that Harvey will be back if you guys don't decide to sack him, of course, because you found someone so much better. <laughs> I wonder who that would be. Oh, I'm humble. I'm very humble. But it's been another interesting show. Thanks very much. Be listening to our next episode 
of the Talking Property Podcast. Thank you for listening to this podcast of Talking Property with Harvey Deegan, Rob Jewett and Rod Ryan. The Talking Property Podcast was brought to you by Rewa.com, the home of WA Real Estate.